This is the Honest CEO Show, hosted by the Honest CEO, Caroline Kennedy. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and motivated by the honest stories from passionate, extraordinary business people who share their ups and downs and their learnings on the journey to building success in business. My guest today is Amanda Rose. Amanda is Australia's only strategic connector, a keynote speaker, CEO of the Business Women's Media and founding director of Western Sydney Women. As one of the most influential people on LinkedIn, Amanda Rose, hashtag boss lady, is quoted as an internet winning blogger by time.com and contributes regularly to Huffington Post, Sydney Morning Herald, Sky Business, Women's Agenda, smartcompany.com.au on how to master a successful brand, career and business. A passionate keynote speaker, Amanda Rose works with the Australian Defence Force, CPA Australia, Law Institute, ANZ, Western Sydney University and the Royal Australian Navy. Congratulations on all your achievements to date, Amanda. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly is a lot going on in your life, isn't there? (laughs) Yes, you don't realise until someone outlines it that way. Yes, there is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so tell us about the Business Women Media and where it all began. Uh, Simply put, that started because no one would actually publish what I wanted to share with women about how to succeed as a woman in the business world. Um, There are, you know, realities that we need to face, um, being strategic about how to deal with men, other women, um, the corporate ladder, uh, other businesses, whatever it is. There's so much we need to deal with. Um, And no one would publish it because they didn't want to offend. Actually, that was the quote. We don't want to offend anyone. Um, So I started my own blog to share that content and then it ended up a, a global a global viral blog, <laughs> and it hasn't stopped since. Mm. So clearly this is what people want. Yes, yeah, it is. And it's it's the fact that tapping into, you know, I always say uh, write about what you want to know about and what you know because there's someone else there that needs to know it too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so when people um, log on to the Businesswoman Media, what do they find there? Like what benefits are there? Oh, just everything you need to know to succeed. So it's for women who are serious about success. So even if it's, you know, juggling motherhood um, and career, or putting something in your own business, so it's of men, how to deal with men in the business world, let's face it, um, it they can be difficult. Yeah. Also how to deal with other women in the business world, um, which a lot of people don't face and, and don't talk about. Um, everything, everything you need to know um, to succeed, we write about. Great. And I certainly, um, you know, I've been following you for quite a while and I love your honesty about all the challenges that we face in the world because I think too um, we can tend to um, glorify uh, success and and make it seem like it's quite easy, which it's not. There's so much hard work. It it is unbelievably difficult and, and it's a very lonely journey. And, uh, you know, to succeed, you do have to accept the fact that you might end up on your own at the top. Um, when a lot of people assume success means you'll be surrounded by a lot of friends, but you're not. You're actually surrounded by a lot of people that might want to leverage off you, which is fine if you're smart about it. 
but it is a lonely journey. Um, but you need to be very, very smart about every single decision you make. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Now, tell us about Western Sydney women. Yes, well, Western Sydney women is, uh, it, it came out of the fact that women from the West um, had a shocking stigma attached to them um, that if you're from Western Sydney, you were never going to succeed. Um, and being a woman, goodness me, it's hard enough being a woman as it is. <laughs> uh, but being from a woman from the West, you were, you know, if you were educated, it was, oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> um, if you dressed well or if you wanted to be a CEO of a business, it was, oh, it, it just wasn't considered um, possible. And there was a massive market there for women that needed confidence building, um, education on how to be economically independent, and all these things they just weren't receiving. Um, they were just completely ignored. So we started this advocacy group to be the voice of all women from all of Western Sydney, from the inner west, greater west, northwest and southwest, and then we run events. So we run free workshops for women on how to become economically independent and confident. Okay. That's, um, you know, obviously that's really important, um, particularly for um, women who need that assistance and that support, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. The, the thing is, women don't know, one, what's available to them, but also their confidence to take it. So they feel, oh, look, you know, it's generational. It could be, look, this is just who I am. This is just my life. And I was like, actually, no, if you want better, you can get it and this is how. Yeah, and it's, it's this, you know, and it's that tiny layer by layer approach of building someone's confidence and teaching them what they need to know that they will then take off, and then they can then lead and and be a mentor to other women to take off. Yeah, and it has a flow on effect then, doesn't it too? Absolutely. Oh, it does. And just from one event, a woman can come up and say, "Wow, this has completely changed my outlook on life. I'm going to." do something different with my life now. And if that can just happen one by one, and there are a million women in Western Sydney, so it, and there's a lot that can happen. And we've got, had women turn up or even contact us saying, look, I was from Western Sydney, I've had the stigma, and now I'm a CEO, or now I have my own company, and I'd like to come and, and talk and show women that it can be done. Oh, that's great. And it's good to have those um, individuals that women can uh, aspire to or they can see that they've achieved it and then Absolutely. they share their stories, you know. That is yes. so important. And I think for what you're doing um, too within the community is some people just think, oh, it's too hard. It's such a big yes. – um, it's, it's just – it's we're never going to have an impact. But if we all yes. take that approach, then – then there is never going to be an impact. But one small step each time yeah. and just moving forward slowly and having that impact one by one makes a huge difference. It does. And it's just like in business, anything. It's one one person at a time. So yeah. Just like when you're building your own business and you're following any connections, it's one person at a time. And that person's connected to another five and they're connected to another five and it has a ripple effect. Yeah, of course. A lot of times people just, they, they try to get, a lot happen very quickly instead of realising it needs to be a one-by-one one approach. Yeah, and that never happens. I mean, we think it does, but it doesn't. It takes years to build success it and it's one day at a time, <laughs> one foot at a you know, one foot forward at a time, I suppose. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Now, what what has been the fundamental tactics that you've used to grow your business? 
that it does take time um, to grow anything and not to try and rush it because if you rush it, you'll miss out on steps. And the second you miss out on some steps, you're, you have to go back and start again. Yeah. Um, relationship building. So being genuinely interested in other people and what you can deliver, deliver them. Uh, knowing exactly what it is that you do to people. So what, what is it that you offer? A lot of people are very, uh, oh, I, I'm, you know, I'm a consultant or I'm this, and they're very generic. Be very specific about who you are and what you offer and how you can help the other person. Because if we have the attitude of teaching people instead of selling to people, yeah. you'll have a very strong, loyal following. Yeah, yeah. And that's essentially the core of everything that I do. Yeah, that is so true. And, you know, there are so many people that I talk to and clients that say, I'm going to go to networking to find business, to hand out my business card, you know, to get clients. Well, and I say to them, well, what can you offer them first? Like, what can you contribute to this relationship without expecting anything in return? That's, it's, it's. Well, that's, that's human nature. Human nature is give me, give me, give me. Yeah, and, and there are a lot of businesses out there that get away with it. They get away with promising the world and delivering very little. Yeah, um, and look, that's fine if that's that's what works for them. Um, but it doesn't make it right, and in the long run, it doesn't pay off. No, you're right. Yeah. Now you mentioned before, obviously, and we were just talking about it, relationship building being the core of um, the tactics that you've used. You're a yep. big believer in um, relationship and connecting um, and that it yep. requires a strategic approach. So tell us about that and maybe some particular tips in regards to the strategic approach. Yes, well, people think connecting um, is like networking when it's not. So you can't just turn up to an event and chat with someone and think I've connected with them. Connecting means understanding who that person is or actually take a step before that, understanding who you are and what you want out of that particular situation. So it could be an event, a meeting, um, looking someone up online, anything that you're doing, any activity in business, you need to be strategic. And if you're dealing with the other person, that's the connecting. So how do you connect with someone? You teach them, you learn about them, you do your research. You need to be thorough. You need to put in the effort. Effort is the one missing factor in business today. No one wants to put in the effort. They want everything and they want it now without having to put any effort. That's so, so true. It is. And so being strategic is right, well, what do I want out of this relationship and what can I give this relationship in return? You know, what, what's in it for them? What's in it for me? Um, working out all these factors before you even go to an event. So say you need to, you've been invited to a function. You need to ask yourself first, do I need to go to this function? Is it relevant to my business? Is it relevant to my brand? Who's going? Try and get the list. Connect with them beforehand. Look them up on LinkedIn. Say you're looking forward to meeting them at the event. So when you're there, you know who you're dealing with and they will want to speak to you and they'll feel comfortable speaking to you because they've already connected with you online. Yeah. So even, even before attending an event, you need to be strategic about it and connect with them. Put in the effort when you speak with someone. Don't just sell yourself. Ask about them. Be genuinely interested. Um, little things like when you've finished working with someone or you've had a coffee with someone, write them a handwritten card. Yeah. Say, don't ask everyone to catch up for coffee unless you've told them what's in it for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's saying, oh, let's do coffee. Okay, why? Yeah. 
why, you know, I know what I can deliver you and what I can give you during that coffee, and so do you, and that's why you're asking, but what's in it for me? Yeah, yeah. So you've got to sell yourself to that person. If you want to do coffee with someone, you've got to say, well, this is what's in it for you if you have coffee with me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've been very successful in building your personal brand. Tell us about why you decided to build a personal brand and the benefits you've seen from it. Well, if you don't have a good quality brand and you don't tell people about it, no one will know who you are. It's quite simple. So, you know, it's the fact that a lot of people are really, really good at what they do. And I I speak to them, you know, and I meet them regularly. But unless people know about it, it's irrelevant. Yeah. So you need to tell as many people about what you do and how good you are at doing it um, without being cocky, obviously. Um, And so building a personal brand is is very, very, very (laughs) important and sticking to it. Can I just say when it comes to your brand, it also means who you deal with in business. So a lot of people don't realize that deciding who to work with in business um, can make or break your, your brand, your personal brand. Yeah. And don't just go for the opportunity that's there in front of you because it's there in front of you. Yeah. Um, question it, ask it, and so forth. And building a brand leads to business. You know, lead generation all comes down to people knowing who you are, they're comfortable with who you are, they trust who you are, and they've seen, they've seen you around enough that you're top of mind. And then they'll ask a question. Then they'll, they'll make that inquiry. And then it's up to you to put in the effort to discuss, to teach to explain who you are. But mind you, they've had to see you, trust you, and all these other things before they make that inquiry. Go on to the days where they just Google something and then boom, they contact you. They actually need to feel like they already know you and they already have some form of trust. Yeah. And that's why you build your brand. Absolutely. And I think that um, what you said before about choosing who you work with and ensure that they're aligned, that is so integral because I know even for myself, you know, I have really, um, in my business, the brand values are um, what I use as a, I suppose, a barometer to who I work with. I'm very clear on what our brand values are and make sure that the people that I work with have similar values as well. That, and that's really important to me with doing yes. business, you know, because it they, it is a reflection on you, who you work with. It is. And and there will become a time, though, that you'll be enticed by a lot of people that, have, that flatter you. So flattery is extremely dangerous and people should watch out for that. <laughs> um, and they'll flatter you and you think, oh, wow, I've made it. Or this is fantastic. These people want to work with me. And you've got to be very careful about that because just because, you know, they've got a good brand or not a good brand, a popular brand. Now, let's clarify that. Yeah. Just because a brand is popular doesn't mean that they're good. Um, moral or good yeah. or going to add value to your brand. Yeah. Um, and you think, oh, wow, and oh, they, they, you know, they will work with me. Be very careful. Often they can uh, they prey on people that have potential. And they can see you've got potential. So you need to believe in yourself enough to say, well, no, if I work with you, I know that my brand is actually going to be devalued. Yeah. And you start to choose your clients. Yeah. And sometimes it's tough, especially when you're starting out on your own. Some people might say, oh, this is really, really tough because, well, you need clients, you need business. Um, so to make that call, you might be missing out on money, but in the long run, it pays off. Yeah, that's very true. Now, what are your tips for creating a personal brand? Well, creating a personal brand, and this is very interesting because a lot of people don't really know who they are and they don't know what they represent. 
Um, there, I have actually a, a video on Amanda Rose TV on YouTube that takes people through the steps on, on developing your own personal brand. Yep. And a big part of that is knowing who you are at the core. And I always say if you woke up tomorrow and you didn't have your family and your job, um, what is it that would get you out of bed? So what, what's your core? What is it? What's your core belief system? What is it that's going to get you out of bed in the morning when you've lost everything? Because that is actually what's going to guide all your decisions in life. So when you're faced with a, a moral dilemma or when you're faced with a decision of who to work with, that's what it's based on. And if your core is greed, for example, then you're going to say yes to anything that you think is going to make you money regardless of the consequence. Yeah. So that's why you need to know what that core is. Um, you need to know your purpose and your passion. And a lot of people fall into the danger of, I'm so passionate about this, I'm going to start a business in this. Well, no, because uh, passion doesn't give you money. Is there a um, market? Is, it's, you know, yeah. passion is great to have because it gets you up and you need to work towards working with your passion. But that might mean for some people working part-time or full-time in a job for 10 years that you hate so you can set up a, a, a business on the side to work in your passion. Yeah. Do your research. Just because you're passionate doesn't mean it's an automatically guaranteed successful business. You still need to know if there's a market yeah. and how good you are and you're only strong as your weakest link. So what are, I mean, why are you not good at that? So it could be finance, marketing and so forth. Um, you need to have a purpose. Every, you know, Nearly every event that I've, I've run or spoken at, if I ask women um, or men, where do you want to be in five years from now? Does anyone know? About three out of 300 will put their hand up. Yeah. So people don't have their five-year plans. And it, it, it's when you think about it, you're literally wasting every decision you make if you do not know that if that decision is going to take you to where you want to be in five years from now. Yeah. So even replying to an email, um, going to an event, it might be a wonderful event. You think, wow, this is very impressive. Yes, but is it going to take you to, closer to that five-year goal? Because if it's not, don't do it. Yeah. Don't go because it's four hours of your time you could spend doing something that will take you closer to that goal. Yeah, that is so and true. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of people don't ask themselves that. It's asking <laughs> yourself questions and being honest with the answer. We just don't like answering honest questions. <laughs> <laughs> and I think too, and I say this to my clients all the time, like you have to start with strategic mapping and planning to know where yep. you want to go and then you map yep. out how you're going to get there and then it ties into what you've just said is then you yep. look at every decision you make, is that getting me closer to my end goal, whatever that may be. But without That's that, right. you don't have any clarity or direction really, do you? That's right. And, and to be honest, a lot of people, I, I would say probably 70% of people don't like to have a plan because they fear failing it. They yeah. fear that they won't make it, that they won't achieve it. Um, so it's comfortable just to stay where you are, doing what you do and complain about not making it <laughs> rather than actually putting in a, a strategy or even one goal and saying, this is what I need to do to make it um, because they worry about um, not making it, you know, and, and that they might fail at that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's scary. It's, it's, but wouldn't you rather fail and, and try again? Yeah. Than, than spend 20 years of your life saying, oh, it didn't work out. I mean, I've had clients that do a lot of prep work. So people like to attend meetings and functions and get degrees and go to courses and read books, but they don't implement anything. Yeah, and implementation and action are key. If you don't, do that, then 
you might as well just you might as well just not get out of bed to be honest. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you're better off implementing one thing yeah. than talking about a hundred things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agree. Now, social media is a powerful tool um, in a very tech-savvy consumer world. What are your yeah. tips for business owners to maximise social media to grow their brand's profile and even to generate leads? Uh, social media is like a relationship. You know, you've, once you start, you've got to keep going. Yeah. You can't pop in and out of different um, social media tools. Um, just for the sake of it or for a particular event or activity. And you've got to find the right one for your brand. And you do not have to be involved in every single one. You do not have to have, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram if it's not suited to your brand. So pick two or three that are right for you. Put in the effort. Um, see it as a, as a, I like to see social media as your media outlet. So you do not have to re rely so much on other media, you know, the traditional media and the blogs out there. If you've got a good following on your social media, that's your media outlet. That's you getting your information out to your target audience. Um, get onto LinkedIn. If you're a professional in any um, form uh, at all, get onto LinkedIn, use it, fill it in, look at other people's, look at mine, look at yours, look at other people's to see, you know, what you need to do. Um, put in the effort, update it regularly, share content regularly. So when it comes to social media, it's irrelevant if you do not share content. The content is king. It always will be. Your content, other people's content, um, to show people, really, if you, the more you help people grow their business or whatever your specialty is, the more likely they're going to come back to you to learn more. Yeah. So using social media as your media outlet and filling it in with good quality content on a regular basis. Yeah. And that's also about, um, and something you do really well, is being the expert and actually providing, um, you know, uh, advice and um, and wanting to actually assist people and help yeah. them on their journey. And that's really important. That goes back to what we were talking about before. It's not all about social media. It's not all about you, you, you. It's actually what can you do and what can you share and how can you contribute to yeah. um, to other people and and yep. how can you build yourself as a thought leader and and share your advice to yes, whoever that may true. be and look it's hard because you know a lot of people see and, and look we've all been there you see other brands out there uh pushing selling 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 but not sharing yeah and you know they get business and that's that's great but what will happen is that whoever whoever works with them will realize this hasn't nothing's come from this so do not share content unless you've done it yourself. That's my rule. Yes. So once you once you do it yourself <laughs> and you've learned, then you share, then you teach. Yeah. So you as you learn, you teach, and you just keep that method going throughout your journey. As you learn, you teach. The people will actually have practical um, examples, and you know a lot of people think, oh, but if I tell them everything, they won't come to me. Uh. No, there's going to be two types of people you're sharing content to: your followers which may never, ever, ever hire you or pay for your services, but they will tell everyone about you and share your content or your potential prospects, which are often very rarely share your content, but they read it religiously. They know, they've got like hawk eyes, they know what you're up to and what you're doing, and out of nowhere they'll contact you saying, let's do business. Yeah. That is very true and um, the point you make about there are a lot of organisations and, you know, just clients saying, oh, but I don't want to share my IP 
And and I just think it's ludicrous because you, you know, IP is, is general. Everybody's an expert or they've been there, you know, done that or, or whatever. But I uh, think when we talk about IP and sharing it, it's more about you are you. Nobody can replicate you. So people are not going to copy it. Do you know what I mean? And if they do copy it, they don't have your knowledge. Oh, absolutely. I get copied all the time. I, I mean, imagine. it is absolutely, it's relentless. And, you know, and from just, it, some of them do for me every now and then. I do have a little chuckle. And that's fine. Go for it. If my ideas or my, you know, whatever it was was so brilliant that you had to copy it, then go for it. But where's the follow through? So everything I write, everything I do, and everything I develop is based on my experience, based on my vision. Um, and I have the follow through and that's the thing. And a lot of people that copy, and this is why I advise people don't copy others. You get ideas from others. Yes, but don't copy because there's no follow through. How can you follow through on that idea if you didn't come up with it? Come up with your own ideas and they need to be based on your experience. And if you do not have the experience, go out and get it. Do not just say, oh, look, I love motivating women. I want to be a business coach. You and 5,000 other people, go and, <laughs> run, go and run a successful business. Have some clients under your wing that have proven track record that you've helped them successfully, and then you can do it. It takes time and experience. You just cannot fake that. You can't miss that step. No. And a lot of people do, and then they wonder why they fail. Yes. Yeah. Now, I read an article of yours recently, and it was quite interesting. It's, it was about how you don't believe in leaders, should, that, that leaders should show their vulnerability, especially because, <laughs> especially because we, you know, we talk a lot about being authentic in business and being an authentic leader, which I know yep. you agree with, but it's the vulnerability side that, um, yep. that you were challenged by. So tell us about that. Uh, I think uh, if, Put it this way, if there's a really big movement and push for something, you've really got to take a step back and say, why would I, why, what's that about? And and is that me? Don't just follow a trend because everyone thinks it's a wonderful trend. And a big trend is that whole vulnerability in leadership. And if you go back to even as a child or when you're in a workplace and you look at your leader, the CEO, your parent, whatever the figure is, you want them to be absolutely confident and strong in hard times. You want them to know exactly what they're doing, um, how they're doing it, um, to a, you know, to a degree. And you, you feel safe. You feel safe. You feel included. The second you expect a leader, or the second you say to a leader, "Show your vulnerability," which is a weakness, as a leader, you're going to lose respect for your followers. Not only lose respect, they're going to feel less safe. Yeah. They're going to feel that this is an um, an environment where I don't feel stable. Um, we're weak. Um, if my, you know, if you run, if you are at war and your leader stood up and said we're about to go into battle, but then he decided to have a bit of a cry um, because he's a little scared, um, and everyone praises him. Oh, isn't it wonderful? He's showing his vulnerable side. And turn around, his <laughs> army gone. Because screw that, I'm not going to follow that leader into battle. He just cried. Yeah, he doesn't um, think we, he thinks we're all going to die. <laughs> well, the thing is, that's okay for people to be like that privately. Yeah, 
Yeah. See, what, what society yeah. is trying to push is for us to put all our emotions on the table. And to be emotionally immature is the most dangerous thing you can be in business. You need to be extremely confident and emotionally mature. In, and that includes if you are upset or if you do have issues, you privately deal with them. You privately have your advisory board or the people you, that you deal, you know, talk to for help. But when you lead, you need to lead with confidence, with strength. Vulnerability, no. But compassion, yes. So you can still show compassion for people in need and compassion for a situation, but it does not mean you get up on stage and start crying. And a lot of people use that as a manipulation technique as well. But really, deep down, we're all thinking, oh, crap, our leader is not strong. Our leader's starting to break. I'm scared. And you can't do that as a leader. And it's a guarantee that people deep down won't feel safe if, you, if you're leading with that um, mentality. Yeah. And I actually really enjoyed reading the article because it does contradict, as you say, the trend at the moment. And and I think, well, contradict meaning, but you can be authentic. And I think what you've just mentioned before about being compassionate, compassion for me is authentic. But, yeah. um, and I agree with you about the vulnerability because you're showing a weakness and, um, and leaders need to be leaders and they need to be strong. But let's talk about authentic. Authentic is about being you. And if yeah. that's really the case, then you know what? You're going to have a real bunch of not nice people come out and say, you want me to be authentic? Right. This is how I lead. I want money. That's why I'm here. You can all go and do whatever. I don't care. Um, so what people should be pushing is that you want character. You want a leader that has good quality character, strong character that can um, stand up in tough times, that shows compassion, you know, because really technically the, the term authentic means to be who you really are. And I think we'd be quite shocked if we found out who people really were half the time. Yeah, and that is so true. Um, yeah, it is a very valid point, especially about the money. And, you know, what's funny is that people would never, well, generally people never admit that that's their primary motivator, even if it is. Exactly. And you know what? There's no shame in it. There's no, no shame in, look, we're in business to make money and that's no problem. But yeah. when you have the means justifies the ends approach, which is usually more greed than anything else, then that's dangerous. And people will justify their way through absolutely anything. Yeah. And and then on the flip side, women feel guilty saying or asking for money. Uh, well, you're in business. There's nothing wrong with valuing, valuing yourself and saying, this is what I'm worth. This yeah. is, you know, what I know I can deliver. Yeah. And that leads me down another path, but I'm going to um, say it anyway about, um, you know, women, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I suppose, talk about how can we, um, you know, uh, get parity um, with pay, et cetera, for women. It's not fair. It's not fair. And for years I've said women need to just own their worth. They need to ask for what they're worth. That's how yeah. change is going to occur not from complaining about it, but actually doing, yep. taking the action. And, you know, many um, times when I'd be doing appraisals for some of my senior leaders and uh, and they'd say, I'd like a pay rise or do I get a pay rise? Well, what, what do you want? And they couldn't answer me. And I used to yep. pursue it and push them so that they were uncomfortable and, and to teach them that you need to be prepared. You need to know what you want and you need to own your worth and substantiate why you're worth it. Yes, you know? absolutely. A lot of women are very comfortable in um, complaining. Yeah. 
And it's a lot easier just to complain that you're not getting paid as much or you haven't had the promotion because that's the topic of discussion on the weekend. Um, but there are two issues. One is the, the lack of self-worth and, and self-valuing. You know, um, and, and the second is self-promotion. So unless you value yourself of what it is that you deliver, um, no one else is going to value it. And unless you promote yourself to say, look, this is what I've done and negotiate, then no one will give it to you. And this is business. Yeah. I think it's quite silly and um, uh, ridiculous to say to a company, you have to pay me the same as him because I'm a woman. Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. How about do you do the same amount of work? Do you work the same amount? Are your outputs the same? Oh, I don't know. Well, prove it. Show it. And if your outputs are more, say, well, I want this because this is the race that I should be being paid for the outputs that I'm producing. And there's nothing, I think if people actually, women all did this, they'd probably end up getting paid more than men because men know how to talk themselves up. They've got a 60% ability to talk themselves up to 90. Women have a 90% ability and talk themselves down to 60%. Yeah. So, you know, there's a chance there that women could end up getting paid more than men purely because, well, they often do more. Um, but learning to negotiate, and that's what it is. It's calling bluff and learning to negotiate. Yeah. And, you know, I was at an event the other day and they were talking about um, maybe, uh, and it was gender equality um, and a government um, event, and they were talking about maybe businesses should have quotas of women that need to be in senior positions and um, not necessarily based on merit. And I was appalled by that. I was absolutely appalled because I think it comes back to well, that we're not doing, we're doing the women an injustice by doing that because there are plenty of capable women um, in this world and they just need to put their hands up and they need to say, I'm here and I'm capable and I'm going to do it. And we, we um, uh, promote based on that as opposed to, you know, just to fill quotas. I just don't get exactly. that. Exactly. And you're also going to just instantaneously um, make it harder for men and women to work together because every single man in that organisation is going to resent any single woman that is in a senior leadership position. So they've actually made it harder for collaborative workplace environment um, than easier. Yeah. And it's really foolish to have quotas when there are not the same amount in the pool. Yeah. So you've got, it is a man's role in business. You've got 80% of men in the executive pool and then 20% women. Then to say you want 50-50% or whatever it is for women is absolutely foolish business-wise. It's great to have women in executive leadership positions, but you need to start from the beginning and mentor them up to those positions yeah. Yeah. and say, right, you're ready, let's go for it, and you can be in there. Having the attitude of we need 50% women because it's the right thing to do um, you're instantly going to isolate, well, isolate the men. They're going to hate any woman in that position. And you're missing out on talent for talent's sake. I know. I thought it was ludicrous, to be honest. You're back at square one. You'll end up, you'll end up well, then with all these women in organisations that don't know what they're doing with men not being promoted. It's ridiculous. And look, I'm not saying it's not the, the men's fault to begin with because essentially the boys' club came out of let's give another guy a position purely because he's a man, which is what's happened. And that didn't turn out very well. So how about we just give people positions because they're good at what they do, regardless of who they are and where they're from? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Um, mm. And it's really important that we continue to do that and we continue to have those conversations as well because yep. it should be based on merit at all stage, at 
all points, not and actually then, as you said before, is about looking at how we can mentor, whether it be males or females, just to 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 you know help and just to lead people and to build more leaders at the end of the day. And that's our responsibility. Yep. Anyway, exactly. I'll get off that subject. <laughs> now, um, you also wrote a piece uh, last year on why women block women, which I found quite industry <laughs> interesting, <laughs> and how we can change this, which which sort of leads on to it from our last point anyway. Um, and you shared some examples around lead by example, surround yourself with women that are smarter than you, bring them with you, take the emotion yep. out of it. Uh, all of those yep. points are so important. And I'm particularly love, um, you know, always surround yourself with um, people that are smarter than you. And I do that all yep. the time, whether it be male or female, I don't care, yep. but anybody mm. that I can learn from and and yep. you know, grow from, and in turn, obviously, develop relationships with, but also take the emotion out of it, which I think, um, you know, women um, tend to be challenged with. It, it's something that has never challenged me because I had a really diverse, uh, adverse, sorry, um, uh, childhood. So I grew up not being quite emotional. So, and I think that that's been one of the reasons why I have been successful is because I do take the emotion out of it. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, it's business for goodness sake. You know, you're not dating these people. You're not friends with these people. Um, you can be friendly, but this is business. It's it's a transactional environment. And the second you, you add emotion to that, you're putting yourself in a very dangerous position. Um, women are very emotional beings and a lack of self-control is very dangerous in life, let alone in business. But women also like to use emotion um, as kind of an excuse. So it's uh, being emotional, it's always an excuse for something of why they're not successful or this person did this to me or or a manipulation technique. Yeah. Um, men do it in a different way. The women use emotions um, to, to beat around the bush or to not have to do something or to work hard. Now, again, being in control of your emotions is very different to being compassionate. So you can be extremely compassionate, uh, but you'll see women cry at work because they don't want to have to do work or things are too hard. Uh, you would, And I'm thinking, okay, well, would a man do that? Yeah. So a man will get in there, do his job, end of story, move out. When it comes to women working with women, I mean, I, I know I get absolutely ripped to shreds online when I say it, but women do fight women. And I have, a, you know, I have a one particular woman that I bring with me to all, any board opportunities I have. I'll say, I'll come onto the board if I get to bring this woman. Um, but I've been in situations where I've said, okay, I'd like to bring this woman onto the board. And in the first board meeting, watch that woman throw me under the bus. <laughs> So, you know, and this is a reality. This is just what happens. It's very much a man will think, right, thank you for doing that for me. And I'll be, and they'll be like, now you owe me, I owe you. This is business. It's transactional, you know, and, and that's the way it is. And they're very upfront, a lot more upfront than a woman. A woman will be like, oh, that's lovely, that's nice, but really they've got another motive. But it's because there's limited spots, but also the lack of self-confidence with women is that if you come up with an idea, they'll feel threatened because they didn't come up with an idea that was so wonderful. And it's it's absolutely one big mess um, all of the time dealing with women. I've only really dealt with, say, 10 women um, that haven't done it to me in my entire career. 
And I've had men do it to me as well, yeah. but I've had yeah. more men help me than women, yeah. even with Western Sydney women. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, so it, it, isn't it? It is. It's, and the thing is, take the emotion out of it. If you're, if you're really serious about business, go in there, know what you want. Be, it, also, it is transactional, whether it's financial or, or time or anything else, it's transactional. Um, but I think because women have spent their, they've become comfortable and it's become a society, and like a trend to complain and to, uh, and to whinge as part of conversation and to gossip, that they've got to perpetuate that. That is their identity. So if they actually take that away, there's not much left. So yeah. if you have a good quality brand, you know your vision, you know what you want in life, you'll have something else to focus on rather than that. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And I think it also comes back to that taking action. If you want something, go out there and get it and don't blame that's everyone right. else for the for, for, oh, for you not having it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how they love to complain. Oh, I'm not doing Oh, yeah, okay, that's nice. But you give them, you know, these are the three things you need to do to succeed. They won't do it. They just like complaining and they like going to functions for the sake of it. Yeah. I have this quality whereby I um, am very honest with people and, and for good reason because I think it actually benefits them and I respect anyone who can be honest with me in return, um, mm. you know, but it doesn't always go down very well. But it's so important to continue yeah. to say it because, it, it you know, it, it's we need to make this change and, and yeah. it needs to happen and you need to hear it at the end of the day. Well, people, well, a lot of women uh, get conned um, in business purely because people tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Yeah, 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 very true. Now, what are the biggest lessons you've learned in business? Trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> Trust no one and you're off to a good start. And I mean that. <laughs> That's very you know, true. There are levels of trust. So you might trust that person 10%, that person 20%. Um, but really, you need to accept the fact that you are on your own um, to trust no one. The second is don't do it the easy way, do it the right way. Yes. So whether that comes down to processes, working hard, earning money, taking opportunities, you've got to say, well, this is actually no, this is the wrong way or this is not right, don't do it. It takes a lot longer. Um, but it's worth it. And three uh, would be time. You cannot compensate time and experience. So, you know, if you're in a new industry, um, then learn as much as you can, get as much experience as you can. But if you've been in an industry for a very long time, don't think, oh, I've, I've done this, but a lot of women question it and I've done it for so long. That's good. That's experience. That's time. You can't skip that step. That takes time. And a lot of people want it and they want it now. It's just not going to work that way. Yeah, life isn't like that. Not at all. <laughs> no. And finally, what does the future look like for you and particularly for your businesses? I don't know. I mean, I've got my five-year plan, but I never tell anyone um, what, what it is, is because <laughs> um, that would be stupid. <laughs> um, but And I tell everyone, don't tell people your five-year plan because everyone loves to watch you fail and not reach it. Um, essentially, it's to continue doing what I do, um, continue doing what I love. And I evolve. So I evolve based on my ability, uh, my experience, but also on the needs of what's out there. So currently, you know, there's a need for people with branding and profile building. Um, the business and media came out of a need. 
um, to teach women, and I just keep evolving that way. Western City women came out from a need, and that's what you've got to constantly look at. Okay, what are the needs? What, what's needed out there? Um, and what can I do? What are my skill sets? What's my ability? And then create something from that. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and I think that also comes back to, you know, what we talked about before is what are you passionate about, but is there a need for it as well? Does the market need exactly. it? You know? Like just because you like making yeah. cupcakes doesn't yeah. mean you should start a cupcake business. Yeah, yeah. Very true, very true. Thank you so much for your time today, Amanda. Now, I will share all of the links to um, to amandarose.com.au and to the Businesswoman Media, and I recommend that all of our listeners go and check it out. Amanda shares her advice, um, her experience, and um, some really great content, and so do other contributors as well. So there's a lot yeah. of information and um, ideas and sharing so you'll get a lot out of it but thanks Amanda I really appreciate your time my pleasure thank you for listening to the Honest CEO show with Caroline Kennedy don't miss an episode subscribe on iTunes for your weekly dose on all things business we've also made it easy for you by linking the subscribe to button on the virtual executive website Caroline shares free business tools and resources there too And if you're stuck and need some advice, book a free 30-minute session with Caroline or one of her team. Go to www.virtualexecutive.com.au and check it out.